Okay. All right. Oh. I'm not gonna lie, I'm really nervous. Okay, so. Let me take these off real quick. All right, so. Welcome to episode one of the Adapted Drink Podcast. I am Alex and I'm here to guide you on what is practical with what is optimal. All right, so today we will be talking about the difference between muscle hypertrophy and muscular strength. Now, when you kind of hear that type of topic, it definitely sounds like, oh, you know, muscle hypertrophy is making the muscles bigger and muscular strength is just how strong you are. Uh, before we actually start, one of the biggest things I actually want to disclose, and I think that'd be really, really helpful for everyone to kind of see, is this picture. So I brought this picture up. It's in the book for the CSCS, and I think it's really, really important to kind of go over first. It's quite, quite important. So as you can see, when you are training, there are different types of modalities, if you would. Like there is strength. There is power, there is hypertrophy, and there is muscular endurance. So you can kind of see, you're probably looking at this picture and you're trying to figure out what do all these colors mean, right? Well, if it's yellow, yellow what it means is it's pretty much, it's correlating to what it's mostly working. So right now, if you kind of look, if it happens to be in a ref range of about, repetition range, my apologies, repetition range of about two to six, you're going to be working at mostly strength and power. If you're going to be working in the rep range of about six to 12, you're going to be working on muscle hypertrophy. And then 13 and above goes into muscular endurance. So why is this important? It, well, to the common person, it doesn't really. I think a lot of people, when they kind of go into the gym, the first thing that they think about is, uh, first, what their influence is. And when I say what their influence is, it's kind of more of like why they want to work out. So when I say why you want to work out, I think the biggest thing is, for me, for example, I love to work out because I want to try to be strong. The The looks doesn't really matter to me as much, but, you know, it would nice to look good from time to time. But realistically, I just want to be strong, right? So you would think, oh, if I'm trying to just be strong, I should just work on strength. It's right there. Just work in the rep ranges of two to six and we're good, right? Not necessarily. And it goes with the same argument when it comes to people in regards of bodybuilding. So the, the athletes that compete in the Mr. Olympia or the people that train to look stronger, I'm going to come back to that and explain why look stronger and being stronger, two different things. One person would say that, oh, muscle hypertrophy. I should only be working in the rep ranges of six to 12 then. Just because of the fact that, you know, I'm just trying to get bigger. I don't need to work at strength at all. Yes and no. It depends. The reason why I wanted to show this chart off first is just to kind of give a a top layer of information. What I'm going to be doing now is kind of going over 
what each of these terms kind of mean and then explain how maybe you can decide how you want to add this into your training. So let's start from the very beginning. We're going to go back to full screen. Let's start from the very beginning. So what is muscle hypertrophy? Muscle hypertrophy is an increase in muscle size, which can be measure, measured by a cross-sectional area of the muscle. So pretty much how big is the muscle? That is what muscle hypertrophy is by definition. Muscular strength, by definition, is the maximal ability used to complete a one repetition max or a load completed for one repetition. So when you think of one RM, one repetition max, you think of power lifters, Olympic weightlifters, even strongmen particularly. When you look at those specific denominations, right, you would think that, oh, you know, training for strength is something that you should only do if you're those type of athletes or if you happen to be something that requires you to be stronger. I would want to give an opinion and say that for you to be a great bodybuilder as well as a great powerlifter or Olympic weightlifter, you need to be training for strength and for hypertrophy. How is it different though? Because you would think that, okay, well, if I'm a bodybuilder, I can just go ahead and train like a bodybuilder and then go ahead and just compete in powerlifting. Go ahead and compete in Olympic weightlifting. Go ahead and compete in strongman. And it, it just works like that, right? Of course, everyone knows that the answer is no. Because, once again, as I stated earlier, muscular strength is the ability to complete a one repetition max. And we know that to complete a one repetition max, or if you don't know, it's not something that you can just slap on weight and magically a one repetition max happens. There's clearly people, and it's been on social media, it's one of those things that's kind of not taboo, but you'll see... There are people that are injuring themselves when it comes to like uh, doing like a one rep max bicep curl. So pretty much thinking about some sort of extension and curling for one repetition. Or you'll see people happen to maybe rip a pec specifically on like an incline bench. So is it that simple? Can you just slap on weight and go ahead and just try to be strong? The answer is yes, you can. You can just slap on weight and just pull it for one repetition. My argument, though, to counteract that would be that to do it effectively, to do a one repetition max effectively, you would have to make sure that you're actually practicing that specific denomination or that training methodology. So I'll give an example. I have some powerlifters right now, some athletes that are competing in powerlifting or will be competing in powerlifting. And right now I have them on an accumulation cycle. Um, what an accumulation cycle essentially is, is pretty much we're just trying to build the muscle. That essentially would mean bodybuilding. Now, whenever you think of bodybuilding, you think, oh, I'm just trying to get bigger biceps. I'm trying to get bigger, what have you. Not necessarily. I think that when you think of the term bodybuilding, bodybuilding is a very... It could be very niche oriented. And when I say niche oriented, it's very like when you think of a bodybuilder, you think of, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ronnie Coleman, Chris Bumstead, 
ZZ. That type of methodology whenever you think of like a bodybuilder. But in all honesty, I think the the biggest thing that we need to take away from this idea is that regardless of what you're training, everything requires some sort of muscle hypertrophy. Maybe it's not in the retrospect of the rep range, but there still needs to be that given stimulus, if that makes sense. One way to kind of think about it would be that if you're training for strength, right? We talked about this on that previous one where one to six happens to be that given range for strength, right? Well, if we need to train for hypertrophy, we can go ahead and go for about maybe that six to nine range, six to eight range, right? And if you're a bodybuilder, right? Train in that 10 to 12 range, if that makes sense. Now, someone can hear this and kind of think like, oh, that makes sense, right? Or maybe you have no idea what I'm saying. What I'm just trying to say particularly is that the idea of training for strength and the idea for training for hypertrophy, everyone should be doing it. It's just how you're blending the motions or blending the programming to help elicit the response that we're looking for. Uh, a little caveat that I think would be really, really important to kind of think about when it comes to the athlete, the bodybuilder, I think one of the biggest things that we should kind of think about is kind of more of what it takes to be a bodybuilder versus what it takes to be a power lifter. Now, when it comes to being a bodybuilder, specifically some of the things that you'd be looking at is whenever they're cycling, cycling in the means of like their training, there's phases I would want to argue and say that they're conditioning is where the main programming changes. If you look at any bodybuilder specifically, or any hypertrophist, if you would call them, if you look at them specifically, there happens to be this idea that, you know, oh, they can rep out, uh, let's say, let's say they're on bicep curls and they're repping out 135 pounds for bicep curls. I don't know about you, but that's a lot of weight, right? That doesn't mean that they're not strong. Let's be very, very clear. Strength is not subjective, but it's something that can be quantified. But at the same time, if we're looking at the definition of what muscular strength is, it's that ability to perform that given movement for one repetition, the max that you can do. I think it's, it's interesting, though, because whenever you look at that type of training, I'll give an example. I'll have... Some of the bodybuilders that I'm training, I'll have some of them specifically go for a 10 rep max, right? Or a, let's say 11 rep max even. If you're going for an 11 rep max, roughly, if it's correct and you're on paper, you should be usually roughly around 70%, maybe 70%, 75-ish, around that area of your one rep max. Estimated. Now, when I say it's estimated, there's a reason why I'm saying it's estimated. It's estimated because, once again, for you to do the movement properly for one repetition max, everything needs to be correct. Everything needs to work properly. It's really interesting because I'll have one client. Uh, he's able to rep out, I'm trying to think what the number is, about maybe 120 kilograms of a deadlift, right? For, let's say, not a deadlift, let's say for a squat, 
first squat and you know he can only rep out specifically let's say seven to seven to eight but then when we try to go for a one rep max for this bodybuilder it's nowhere close to what's estimated is it because he's not training is it because he's not the is it because of the maybe the lack of sleep environmental factors i would say that maybe some of the things right but my biggest argument once again would be the fact that a bodybuilder is not training for one repetition maxes they're not training for muscular strength they are training for muscular hypertrophy and that's one of the biggest things I want to try to differentiate on this podcast is that when you're training for strength, it's one of those things where it's neuromuscular gains. It is something that you have to have that, we say this pretty oddly, but that mind-muscle connection, being able to clock in mentally what needs to happen in regards of the body's response to perform. I think that's a better way of placing it, to perform. When you look at a bodybuilder specifically, a bodybuilder doesn't necessarily have to perform as a means of scaling for a repetition max or what have you. Don't get me wrong. On the stage, they are performing. Front double bicep, lat spread, all the poses that they need to. That is something that they still need to practice. They still need to have the proper training for. But once again, we have to be able to separate out the sport and the training. Those are the two things that's going to be really, really important to make sure that we're trying to look at. It's interesting because whenever you look at the types of training, right, you would think that, okay, well, if I am, I, I've been using this within the the episode for this podcast recently, but let's, let's use this example of the bodybuilder versus the power lifter, right? If you're asking me for programming, right? it can be made that an argument for the one repetition max, right? If I'm trying to gauge whether a bodybuilder is doing what they're supposed to, and this is something that I stated on my thesis uh, when I did my master's at um, SF State, you should be looking at more of assessments that can quantify how much muscle is present on the body that is how you determine muscular hypertrophy that is how you determine which is why one of the things that bodybuilders look for is that size they are looking for how much size they have on them particularly it is a joke but it's one of those things where whether it be on tiktok whether it be on social just any social media specifically They'll say a joke and say that, like, it doesn't matter if I can bench 225. It matters if I look like I can bench 225. Now, looking at me specifically, right, I'm relatively small. Right now, I'm weighing at about, like, maybe 148 pounds, 146 on a good day. And I can bench 231. Now, looking at me specifically and also shirts on and everything like that, you can't really tell for that and also there's a lot of body um power lifters a lot of power lifters in my weight class specifically that do not look like they can bench a lot of weight they don't have the pecular uh the terry cruz says it the the peculating pectorals the big chest they don't have the 
the horseshoe of the tricep or they don't have the the anterior delts that peak out for everything but once again let's be very very clear for you to have a very strong bench you need to be able to have all those muscles you need to be able to have strong triceps you need to be able to have a strong chest and you need to be able to have strong delts as well as a very stable back now do you think if someone was just to do bench all the time for a power lifter do you think it would be in their best interest to just do bench and that's it I'd make the argument and say, no, it's not. In a specific phase of training, as I stated, particularly for my bodybuilders or even my um, power lifters, there are phases that are really, really important to look at when it comes to what you're training for. And I want to make sure that we stay on topic of muscular hypertrophy and muscular strength. I stated this earlier and said that muscular strength is something that's kind of more of that neuromuscular engagement. Well, there should be a phase then where I'm just trying to build as much muscle as I can. And then a phase where I try to make that muscle work specifically. And there is something in programming for strength training, and it's called accumulation and transmutation. But one thing you'll notice when it comes to programming for athletes, for athletes, there are phases where it's, I'm trying to build as much muscle as I can in this specific time or the off season. This is something that sports also do as well. So during that time period, during the frame of the off season or when you're not competing, oh, we're in the gym, we're bodybuilding. Let's get the bigger biceps. Let's get bigger triceps. Let's go ahead and get the chest to be a little bit bigger and what have you. But then, my apologies, sorry, I had a burp there. There's a phase though where if, the athlete or the client is getting ready to compete for powerlifting. We have to take all the muscle that we happen to have and developed and now specialize it and now place it into muscular strength. As I stated before, like if you can do it for 11 reps on paper, you should be able to pick up this amount of weight for a one repetition. So we now need to clock in and decide to do more of those main lifts, more of the preparing for the competition, whether it be for Olympic weightlifting, for powerlifting, or for strongman. For bodybuilders, though, they just got to get big. They just have to. Muscle hypertrophy is just going to be their, their bread and butter. Don't get me wrong. They, they should be training for strength, right? But they don't need to test for a 1RM. Not at all. Like, there's no real reason for them to have to test the 1RM right just because of the fact that for what there's no real reason to if you want to test the one rm it is because you enjoy it or it's because you and your coach or yourself have decided that you know what i just want to look big but i just want to pull the one rm just because but let's be very very clear training for a one rm or training for a one repetition max specifically is energy draining and I learned this from my um, powerlifting certification, how doing a one repetition max is energy expensive. Now, when I say energy expensive, it's one of those things where you look at it and you're thinking, what do you mean by energy expensive? Your body requires a specific amount of energy. It's very simple. Going for a one repetition max, it is mentally exhausting as well. If you're going for a true 1RM and you're doing everything that you can for that 1RM, 
You should be drained the next day. You should be completely out, which is why this idea of training for one repetition max all the time is definitely not efficient. Hello, Smooth Jag. Welcome to the chat. Right now, we're still continuing with this talk on muscle hypertrophy. Do you have a question? Thought I'd take the time to look at the chat to see what they happen to have to say. If there's anything that you happen to want to chime in. Nah. Just stopping by. I'm good. I'm good. No, I just, uh, continuing then. One of the biggest things I want to try to explain to people is that even though there is a difference between muscular hypertrophy and muscular strength, there has to be a reason of why you are doing it. I see a lot of people specifically that are repping out and thinking in their head like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try to get a bigger chest and I'm going to go ahead and if I get a stronger chest, I'm going to get a bigger chest. I would like to make the argument and say that's not necessarily true. That's a very big statement, but just because you have a stronger bench or a stronger movement does not necessarily mean you have a bigger chest. Do not get me wrong. I am very, very clear when I say this. There's a lot of people that have big chests specifically by doing bench because they have a big bench, right? But if we're talking about specifically trying to grow the chest, I would like to make an argument and say that you should not be training for muscular strength. You should be training for muscular hypertrophy. But to, to counterbalance my counterbalance, right? To get stronger, you have to build muscle. One of the biggest problems I happen to see with people on programming is within eight weeks, Eight to 12 weeks is a good amount of time for you to build some muscle. Maybe not like pounds and pounds of muscle, but you're going to be building a good amount of muscle. Uh, don't quote me on this, but watch the video uh, with uh, Dr. Andy Galpin. Phenomenal, phenomenal professor. Um, my professor for SF State actually worked with him, and he told me to watch some of the videos when I was doing my thesis. He explained that... For about 8 to 12 weeks, and I may be messing with the number a little bit, but like the percent muscle growth that you should be having is roughly around maybe like 7%, roughly, 7 8%, maybe a little bit more. But it is subjective if within that 8 to 12 week period, if they're gaining more than about like 15% muscle gained, they're probably on gear. Now... When I say gear, that's a term that's used in today's society. It's uh, steroids or performance-enhancing drugs. That's definitely another topic for another podcast to talk about that. But the, the biggest thing I want to try to get at for this podcast is try to explain how you can't just train for strength and you're going to look bigger. And you just can't train for hypertrophy and have stronger numbers. Relatively speaking, let's be very, very clear. It's the number regarding the muscular hypertrophy, right? Let's say this. 
I'm going for a 7RM, 7 rep max, right? If we're looking at that chart, 7 rep max is still in the range of strength. It's like closer to hypertrophy, but still close to strength, right? If your 7RM or your uh, 8RM increases, you can make an argument that you got stronger. But you're not necessarily training for muscular strength. You did get stronger. But we need to try to determine out and say that muscular strength is a performance measure. It is a measure to determine the maximal output that you can do for motor units in your muscle. If we're looking at muscular hypertrophy, in all honesty, if we are looking at true, true gauge of whether we actually yielded muscle hypertrophy, you need to do things like a whole body measurement. So something like a DEXA, which is called a dual energy x-ray absorbentry. I can't pronounce it. Absorb, absorptiometry. A bod pod, like an air displacement. Hydrostatic weighing, bioelectrical impedance, and skinfold. Impedance, my apologies. Bioelectrical impedance and skinfold. Those are the tests that's really going to determine your body composition or what you see in the mirror. Speaking of looking in the mirror, right? Training for strength and training for muscle hypertrophy. Muscle hypertrophy is going to cause that, that stress. It's the three M's that are needed for muscle hypertrophy. Mechanical tension, muscle damage, and metabolic stress. Those three things are needed specifically for muscle hypertrophy. Mechanical tension would be the force produced from the contraction and stretch of a muscle. Pretty much how much you can create tension. Metabolic stress would be like the fuel used or the byproducts created during a single contraction. And muscle damage would be the post-exercise stimulus responses of the body like inflammation. So the recovery. You have to have those three things for muscle hypertrophy to occur. But when you're training for strength, are you? I, I would want to make an argument and say that you're not necessarily getting those three things. You're not necessarily getting mechanical tension. Yeah, you're... Don't get me wrong. Like, If you're squatting 500 pounds, that's heavy. You're stressing the muscle. Let's be very clear. You're using the muscle, but it's not necessarily like a, the type of stress that we're talking about if we're trying to elicit muscle hypertrophy. We're just testing to see that output. I think a better way to also determine that is kind of like that volume of how much that you're lifting. Right? And when I say by the volume, it's kind of maybe for another podcast, but like top layer, it's kind of how much you're lifting within a week. When you're uh when you're a bodybuilder training for hypertrophy, that volume, it's up there. You're you're repping some weight. That's why it's it's always interesting to see whenever you watch a bodybuilder in the gym, let's say they have like 315 pounds on the bar. And if you if you go to the gym, that's something you can kind of see like the 345 plates per side. 
and they are repping out for 10 for 11 those i'm they're strong like that's crazy like i can't even imagine trying to bench 315 for about 8 to 10 i tried to squat 315 for 4 to 5 the other day and they almost passed out But it's interesting, you know, it's, it's definitely something curious to think about. Now, this is a lot of information that I kind of just like disclosed out and kind of just said out there and hope for the best, right? But what I want to try to get the takeaway from specifically what I want to talk about here before I go off tangent again, because... One of the biggest things I do is definitely go off tangent is understanding the difference, once again, from muscular strength and muscular hypertrophy. And once again, let's go ahead and go back to the picture that I displayed earlier, right? So let's look right here. Once again, muscular strength is about that rep range of two to six. Hypertrophy is from six to 12. Muscular endurance is... 13 to 20 right so just looking at that type of stuff and it's definitely just like that's crazy right application wise this is where coaches are very different from each other about how they want to stress that stimulus if i had to give an example of how i would like stress the stimulus for example I will give an example of how I would stress it for a bodybuilder, and then I'll give an example of how I would stress it for a powerlifter. If you are a bodybuilder, as I stated, there is no reason for you to have to be like here. Two to five, there's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can make an argument for five, but realistically, like four and less, you shouldn't be even touching that. There's no reason that you should be there. If your goal is truly just to be like, I'm getting ripped tonight. Like, just built. There's no real reason for you to have to really work in that 2 to 5 range. I would definitely argue and say, like, you know what? Like, if you want to be spicy, you want to, ooh, I still want to get a little strong. I'll have my bodybuilding clients, I'll have them go their main movement first, which will probably be, like, let's say a leg day, a standard leg day. They'll do their leg day, and they'll do maybe five to six or five to seven of a back squat make it heavy make it spicy make sure the intensity is up and then after that i'll probably have like another strength movement for i mean not strength but like still hypertrophy and i think my apologies and i'll catch myself there whenever i say another strength movement i usually would argue and say strength for a bodybuilder right so like probably i would do something for like the hamstrings on the other side Maybe that's 7 to 9 or maybe like 8 to 10. Probably 7 to 9 though just because, you know, we want to try to make it a little bit heavier, right? But you're still training hypertrophy at that point, right? And then once you start to get closer and closer to like the spicy, like the more intricate, like a lot of muscles, then go smaller. Then I'll go ahead and do the smaller muscles. Maybe I'll do like a single leg lunge. Maybe like a, a single leg hack squat type of deal. So then we're going to go for that 8 to 12, right? Or 8 to 10 even. 
And then at the very end, we'll spice it up and be like, you know what? 10 to 12. Let's make a... Let's burn out metabolic stress. Let's let's make the energy requirement of your quads burn. Let's get that, that tingling, like, yikes, rub some butter on my legs type of feeling, right? I know that there's a lot of coaches for bodybuilders. What some of the things that they'll do is... Sometimes they'll like for, for leg day, even they'll do like they'll do leg extensions, but they'll tell them to do like 10 leg extensions with your quad in the lengthened position. So they'll sit back and then another 10 immediately right afterwards where they'll close their legs and they'll happen to be in a the shortened position. Right. That's where the programming is unique from person to person application is different from coach to coach and that's one of the things that a lot of athletes or clients kind of look for is kind of that idea of being able to pan out what is the what can you do to make me feel like i'm gaining something but that's for bodybuilding powerlifting is also another thing that's also peculiar though because when it comes to powerlifting right there's no real reason to have to have a power lifter be doing like huge, huge amounts of like massive hypertrophy. Like, yeah, I mean, like maybe you want to do 10 to 12 for like something if you wanted to. But realistically, like I want them closer to strength. Every program should still have hypertrophy, though, right? But when I say hypertrophy, hypertrophy, there's such a big range. 6 to 12. That's a lot of range. That's a lot of it, right? Um, but what's different, like I said, about powerlifting or weightlifting or anything like that, there needs to be a phase where we're accumulating the muscle. There needs to be a phase where we're trying to build as much muscle hypertrophy as we can. And that's where, for me, for some of my athletes, one of the strength sets I'll have them do or one of the, the main sets they'll do, I'll tell them to do like a tempo squat for a for a two rm another thing in powerlifting that we also do is called rpe rate of perceived exertion so sometimes some coaches will say um i want you to work up to rpe8 so when i say rpe8 that means you should have two more reps in the tank when you finish that could be a topic for another time Percentages versus RPE. That's a hot topic for sure. But I'll have my power lifters and my weight lifters. I'll start them off with like some sort of main. Like if they're accumulation right now, the goal is their main lifts. We're going to try to make them stronger. So we'll do them. We'll do. Let's start with powerlifting. Maybe for powerlifting, I'll say like, okay, you know what? We're going to go for like a. Maybe like a four, a four RM bench. Let's get a little bit more volume in there, right? There's no reason to have to do more because I would rather stress the muscles like in other areas specifically because we're looking not for the neuromuscular engagement, but actually like stressing the muscle. So I'll say, you know what? Let's do like a four RM bench. And then from there, go ahead and go down. And, you know, their hypertrophy is more than likely going to look like six to eight. It's more specific. It's closer to training for strength. There's no real reason that we have to argue and say that, you know, you need to be bigger. But it's 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 curious though, right? 
because bigger muscles and one thing that I talked about in my paper is bigger muscles means more motor units meaning that you can have more capability of muscle so you can make the argument and say hey if I'm trying to get the most muscle possible right why don't I go for the 12 right because you know what that's all hypertrophy I think the biggest thing that you can kind of look for and explain is why you are doing the training why is that the stimulus and how you're going about it that's a lot to kind of unfold but yeah that's 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 the main difference between muscle strength and muscle hypertrophy it really is just the, the application of it and to acknowledge the fact that when you're training for hypertrophy or like a bodybuilder you're training for strength like a power lifter or olympic weightlifter or anything like that right it's it's still commendable in their given category of what they're looking for because once again you you can't scale them the same but there is a interesting push right now that i am seeing on social media the bodybuilder that can one rm strong that's the the hot commodity kind of thing i've seen i've seen it a few times where like you'll see the bodybuilder that has a phenomenal one rm or the the power lifter that can pose aesthetically trying to morph them together and understand that like realistically like i can make an argument and say that if you are a bodybuilder and you have all that muscle if you just took time to specialize that muscle you could be a great power lifter and if you are a bodybuilder i mean oh my my apologies if you're a power lifter and you try to take bodybuilding a little bit seriously but your numbers are really really high you just need to trim down your fat get you dry as a means of like less water and less fat you're more than likely going to look aesthetic you're more than likely going to look competition ready but once again the argument i would want to give the community right now to kind of think about is kind of more of you know what like as a power lifter you're not necessarily thinking about what a bodybuilder is doing like oh you know like my biceps not as tall like the peak isn't as high as it needs to be for powerlifting like the bodybuilders not necessarily like they are thinking about it a little bit but they're not thinking about like oh well when i'm squatting i'm i'm deviating to the left a little bit because of the fact that you know i'm having an instability on my left leg different strokes for different folks definitely something to kind of think about something to gauge the idea on something to respect each of the denominations of such but within that right there's a joke within my clients and my athletes it's kind of a joke where one of my clients always makes a joke and says i'm one pr away from becoming a power lifter and then there's another client and they'll say i'm one lat spread away from becoming a bodybuilder and i think and i think it is interesting I think that both denominations should be training for both. 
I think they should. I think that if you are a powerlifter, you should still be training for hypertrophy. And if you are a bodybuilder, you should be training for strength. But respectively, just to make sure that you're still staying in your denomination of training. Uh, do you think training a blend would be recommended or just full throttle with one specific specialty? I said this earlier, and that's a good question, and I'll I'll go ahead and reiterate that. Um, I don't think you should be training full throttle on one thing. I think you should be doing a blend. I think the blend, though, does have to be more specific to what you're training, but you should be still training for strength, and you still should be training for hypertrophy. So if you're a bodybuilder, I would want to argue and say that, you know, for your strength training, you would be doing that, like, six to eight rep range for your strength particularly it's like closer like five to five to seven maybe even if you wanted to for your strength because it's closer to stress for metabolic stress and then the rest of your movements be for hypertrophy which would be that eight to ten or ten to twelve if you are a power lifter i would want to argue and say that you know you still have your strength in the beginning to try to maximize that one repetition which is like that one to two maybe one to three right but then for your hypertrophy you're going to be doing about like six to eight seven to nine like there's no real reason that you're going to see any powerlifter doing like reps of 10 unless the coach decides that that's specific for them for me i may have a time or two where i have my powerlifters do like sets of 10 just to kind of spice up their training a little bit but realistically they don't really see 10 to 12 that often unless it's like hypertrophy for like single leg movements like uh single leg lunge or something like that okay well if there's no other questions I'll go ahead and end the podcast here. Ugh. Thank you for joining in to this podcast, and hopefully I'll see you guys next time. Until then, have a nice night.